0: All right, guys, we got a fun one for you today. Been waiting a little while to uh, actually do a mailbag podcast like this. Wanted to wait till the off season or the fall season, I guess you could say, to give people a chance to ask any questions they might have. Could be about uh, the upcoming PGA Tour season, make predictions for next year or anything about what we do, how we do it. Um, this We actually ended up, there were so many good questions. We ended up actually making this into two parts. I was planning on releasing this next week, but uh, we're going to do one episode now, one episode next week. I'm actually hitting the road for a little vacation in Europe for 12 days. So, uh, scheduling out some podcasts while I'm gone, while I am gone, if you are looking to add some new podcasts to your rotation, uh, there are two that are on my playlist. Both reside on the Callaway podcast network. First is the ship show pod. Uh, not the shit show. I mean, it is kind of a shit show, but it is not what it's called. The ship S H I P show podcast. It's got uh, connects listeners with the cool things that are happening inside Callaway's marketing team new products limited releases and they got a lot of stuff coming in the in in January especially which we're pretty excited about it's got personal stories and a lot of goofing around as well so join Jeff Newbarth and AJ Volpel for new episodes every Tuesday and if you're into the geekier uh, tech side of the game I know a lot of people ask us to do uh, tech equipment stuff which we're not just we're not that dialed into all the details and the nitty gritty of the tech stuff but if you're into that then you got to listen to the fitting room podcast Nate and AJ. They do a deep dive into the world of fitting and technology and help golfers all over the world decide which clubs they should be using. Just search Callaway Podcasts on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to their channel. Uh, Now let's get to part one of our mailbag podcast and expect part two early next week. Thanks to everybody that sent in questions and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast—a little mailbag edition. Joined here by Tron Carter, DJ Pie, and our, our fourth guest, Mr. Peter Kessler from, from the Perfect Club. Peter, uh, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Oh, he just stormed out oh. uh, after being mad about our recording equipment. What a menace! Oh, this maybe is,
0: the ultimate menace. I, for those that don't know what we're talking about, Peter did not was not a fan of the sauce trailer on Twitter. And uh, has melted down into a, I believe the last count was about 130 replies (laughs) engaging with, which is not, it's funny, but it's not. It's kind of. I'll tell you two things. He is not mad and he is not gay. He's not. because
1: He's made two of those things very clear that there's a lot of other mad uh, gay people that he
0: has been calling out on Twitter. It got very homophobic. It got, it's almost to the point where we're trying to figure out, we're having serious conversations as to whether or not it is a parody account, which.
2: All up. signs point to it not being a very kind of like a lot of his previous tweets are very specific and very
0: I've never detailed. been more excited about receiving criticism though. Like sometimes criticism stings a little bit, but this is like so clearly off the rocker that it's like, <laughs> please keep going. We didn't even say anything, we barely said a word. All I did was say the reviews are in and it just started pouring and, in.
2: And he, I guess he reached out. Uh, I was looking back through emails. He never emailed. It was, I think he reached out via DM. And said, List hey, off his resume. Yeah, call, call these five radio show hosts. They'll tell you I'll be the best guest you've ever had.
1: <laughs> I don't think he knows the level of vetting that the show goes through. <laughs> we will not be doing that. Um, so that leads me to the first question. Also, if goes. you want to get on the podcast, Email, email Sally. Ask to get on. <laughs> that's the
0: best way to do it, for sure. <laughs> you shoot right to the top of the list. Leads to the first question. So we uh, sent requests out. Uh, we kind of wanted to do this off-season mailbag podcast where any questions go, uh, just to kind of help facilitate the discussion. And the first question we're going to tackle is from Brad Eland. He said, similar to what you asked Gankus, have you had any run-ins or haters from the traditional golf media or entered entities? Are you seen as disruptors to how they do it? Who wants to start?
2: I guess I'll start here. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to our our boy uh, LD LD Lawrence Donegan. <laughs> Long Ball Larry. Uh, I think he's he's the proprietor of uh, the, don't, don't say the name of the magazine. Okay, no free pub. A journal out there. Uh, we're just going to call it a journal, just because I think it, there's only one issue as well. So, um, but but yeah, he's he's really been probably the most critical of us and of Golfers Journal as well. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't I don't. <laughs> don't, I'm not diving in. You're I'm not taking the bait yeah, on this. No, that's,
0: that's okay. The answer is yes. Usually I would say it's from people that really don't pay close attention to it. I mean, maybe some people that actually like hate us, listen to every podcast and follow it very closely. But usually it's, uh, from people that are very surface level understanding of what we do. They, I think they can tend to confuse us and our fan base with another particular kind of fan base that we don't really necessarily think we associate with. And, uh, but usually it's like, we just kind of steer into it and like confront people about it. And by the end of it, we usually end up like out the other side and they like on a decent relationship with most people. Yeah, I think most
1: people just don't care. And I whatever, think everybody's getting busy with their own stuff and it's just some people get mad online about yes. things, but most people I think that's, I feel don't like care. Or, that, or are super helpful.
0: Like there's been a ton of people oh, yeah, that have sure. been crazy helpful for the most part. People are very, very yeah. nice. And
2: for whatever reason, it seems like we've miffed the establishment Brit
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> journalist. Yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. Most Print definitely. So. There's
1: been a significant Brexit from our <laughs> from our fan base, for sure.
0: Um, but yeah, for the most part, people are, are understanding of the, what we do, and you know, let people go, let us go about our business, and we mostly let people uh, go about their business. On the
1: contrary, I would love to read Kessler's last tweet. We're on Kessler Kessler watch right now as he's he keeps firing them off. Uh, the last one was not a reply; It was to the whole the whole damn world, which oh. said, "Got to run." Tron should not have told me I need to get help and to get right because I criticized the promo. <laughs> we could debate that all day. Uh, when you take someone of my knowledge and as having produced golf's best body of work, he should probably remember who the master is. He's relatively in dirty diapers stinks, <laughs> which kind of makes me think it is performance art it because be. that is like the Tron Carter catchphrase. Stinks. Can't stinks. Play. Fucking stinks.
2: Uh, I, well, uh, the only rebuttal I have is that my tweet to him was like hey we don't have any beef with you man and i wasn't really talking about his criticism i was talking more along the lines of the 130 replies that yeah. he'd, he'd made yeah. to like we take the criticism he's like
0: harassing anybody that replies to him in a very uncomfortable <laughs> way to the point where we're recording this on halloween we desperately we tried to frantically put together a peter kessler uh halloween yeah, costume was which
1: gonna Go down to the plate against sports and try to snag a couple perfect clubs, but it turns out they're closed. Yeah, in Ponte Vedra R.I.P.
0: to the permanently closed. Yeah, R.I.P. I f-
1: I've found some good clubs in there back in the in the day,
0: but didn't come I'll have together. to look elsewhere. Uh, moving on from that, I thought that would be a good segue. There, we got. I'll a lot let you of, guys
1: know if he fires anything else. Okay, off. You're, got, you're, got on, you're on up. Kessler watch here.
0: Um, we got a lot of really good questions. I hope to get to as many of them as possible. Um, this one's from Dan Quigley. He said, "I thought your questions to Zach Blair about the membership model at TBC were great. What business model slash club structure do you prefer and feel we need more of in the U.S.?"
1: Uh, I'll start with this one. Tron started with the hard one. Uh, for for me, I mean, it's all it's all dependent on what your what your situation is, I guess. But for me, speaking very personally, I mean, I think. The biggest improvement we can make is probably to municipal golf. I mean, just find having places that you know, I, I think a lot of people have brought this up, but uh, and actually, I'll, I'll throw out uh, some of the places we visited for strapped as well. Like in uh, in Iowa, some of these places that are university courses and munis and stuff that you can go out and you can play for 20 25 bucks and they're in good shape and the greens are potable. I mean, that's just. Those are the places where I think the, I have no numbers to back this up, but it seems like the places that, uh, you know, make up that kind of fatty middle of the game and they are the places that seem to be disappearing the fastest. So, uh, as far as different, you know, how to make that work, I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because that's incredibly difficult to, to make work from a municipal standpoint and an economic standpoint and all those things. But I mean, that's, that's the places that seem to make the most immediate impact as far as hashtag growing the game, mm-hmm. which We can debate whether that's good or not. I I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's where, that's where my mind goes immediately.
2: I, you know, I look at our kind of American golf model versus that in Scotland or England or Ireland or wherever. And it comes down for me, it comes down to there's so many social things attached to so many golf courses around here and so much infrastructure attached to it when really it's like, all you need is 18 greens or nine greens and, and, you know, you don't even need a driving range. And, and it's like, there's just so many unnecessary costs and the, the game has been coupled with, you know, pools and tennis and all. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing in many instances, but I think if we could decouple golf from other social elements, it would be beneficial for golf and probably beneficial for those other things too. Cause then it's like, you have kind of a purpose.
1: Built. Yeah. We're figuring out how to make those work for work for the golf course. I mean like a, you know, just looking at, they, they just uh, go going back to my own example here, but you know, they just redid the entire Jack's beach Muni. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things there was actually like rebuilding the range. And so that's one of those things that I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I've never really spent that much time there. So it's easy to say kind of like, yeah, you know, ban all ranges, but they're like, no, that's like, we're the bulk of our, mm-hmm. like, that's like free money for us. And yeah. it's just little stuff like that where it's like, you know, decoupling, but also just figuring out how to almost like optimize like doubling down. On yeah, the stuff that yeah, works. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's where it's like, whether that's a range or a putting course or, you know, figuring out like making it a bar that people want to hang at rather than, you know, a, a fake four star restaurant sort of a thing. You know, it's like little stuff like that, that just feels like we're still way off from a lot of the places you mentioned.
0: And I think it all in the question, I think, is kind of even more related to private membership, private yeah. clubs and memberships. But I think they're all related in like basically I could be wrong on this. I, mean, I know there's some large resort courses in Scotland and in Ireland and such that are true public courses, but kind of not in the model of what we're talking about with municipal courses. But there all the courses are member clubs. You have you know different golf clubs that are members of a golf course. Yet they're all almost all of them open to public play, and they charge tourists very pretty high prices, relatively speaking, compared to what the members pay. And it it's a model that I would love replicated in the U.S., but it it's totally different. It, the whole thing is different. And going back to what you said about pools and tennis courts and
2: Your food and beverage, it, too. Yeah. it's
0: it's the way Americans treat golf is very different than how they do it there. The mo- the course that kind of the could just blew me away the most in the structure you're talking about was West Links in England. We showed up yeah. there. That clubhouse is smaller. I almost think than the downstairs of our house here, and there is nothing else.
2: It's got astroturf in the <laughs> like, in, like as just, the
0: carpet. Yeah, you just carry your clubs right through there, and it's it's nice, and like you can go in there and have a drink and a beer after, and some food afterward. But you go right through, and just there's this big field with awesome golf holes laying out there, and that's what the club is. There's no pool. There's no tennis courts, and just the whole market is so different there. They don't have as many people uh, like you do in the U.S. that have I. I I don't, I'm not doing an economic study here, but it seems like the model in the U S is almost like, all right, there's going to be a bunch of really average country clubs, but the demand for those is still really high because one, because the public golf is not that good. And when you go play it, it's, you know, five hour rounds and it's just not, you're not getting very good. Uh, you don't get, you. it's hard to get uh, everyone in one place. Whereas if you belong to a club, like you can get in games with members and get to know people, but the cost of maintaining the courses is way different here because the soil types are different, and it's just you know you have more seasons that you have to kind of battle here, and it's a, it's a huge huge layer upon layer upon layer to basically say. Plus, they have
2: they have tourism to subsidize it too. Correct, and know, like just a big difference for, for
0: sure. People like my the cost of like my dad's country club in Columbus is more way more expensive than like a membership at Royal Dornick, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> but like that's what the market dictates in Columbus, yeah. Ohio for what you would charge for. Uh, you know, a membership. So
1: I, I would like to see on that note, just I'd like to see how the math shakes out with getting, uh, I feel like everything I'm going to say is going to sound very obvious or something, but just what the math shakes out with getting more members at lower cost, just because I think that trying to drive members at high costs and then those members realizing, holy shit, like I do not use this as much as I Mm -hmm. would like is probably what's driving a lot of people away from these kind of like middle tier country clubs. I mean, I've seen a lot like where I grew up too, where it's just, you have the extremely high end clubs, which are not going to go away, you know, ever, because Mm -hmm. there's always people that are going to join them because of the prestige or or whatever. And then you have kind of the lower end public golf, you know, whatever. But it it seems like the the room in the middle is kind of where it's going to get, it has been getting squeezed out and it's just these courses that have to charge high prices and also don't get to play. And so where I'm getting at with all this is like think about a course like and Tron, to no, know you've played there too, but like Taconic, where there's a, a small uh you know the student population makes up a lot of it, I think, but there's a small but passionate group that lives there and and plays it all the time. But I think where they make a pretty good amount of money is just with all of their national memberships, quote unquote, which is if you live outside 50 miles, we're going to make it so cheap for you to join here and just feel a sense of ownership and feel like you want to get back there and feel like you want to bring your friends there. And, you know, it's almost something like that, like doesn't really exist here in Jacksonville, where it's like, you know, either we're going to join a club that's super high end and we're going to pay a pretty good amount of money to do it or we're just going to play public golf. I mean there's nothing I would consider myself like right in the middle of, of that spectrum and like I, I just I don't know. It I, I'm going to always 10 out of time right? 10 falling on the public side. Because
2: usually. on the community element that's how, then how you enforce you know that's how you get people meeting each other playing together and also yeah. how you enforce pace of play or how you enforce. For sure.
1: Well there's a know. huge aspect to that because I, I've thought about this all the time with uh like another thing I think that the that the uh british and and australians do really well is like social clubs also where it's like you know we're a golf club we don't necessarily have a course we just travel around together and like how much more golf would that make you want to play if there was a group of 60 people that are like oh are you going to be there on sunday like we need you there we've got this match we've got this medal we got this you know whatever rather than just you know i've said this a hundred times but rather than just like Hey, do you three want to call and we'll see if there's a tea time and we'll go and it's going to take six hours and it's going to cost a hundred bucks and
2: they treat it much more like <laughs> you a know, sport. It's, and it's like, like, like yeah, a yeah, competition it's like too than a chore than sometimes. a than a, than a getaway or a, yeah. or a release from the real world. Because yeah, what they exactly. say like
0: ninety percent of the rounds that they play um, that uh, somebody told me this. I'm not I'm not sure on the stat, but like they play are playing a competition. Like the idea of mm-hmm. drinking beer while you play golf in the UK is not a thing really at all.
1: And I think that. So I I don't know I guess it's kind of a weird twist on the question but uh, I could almost see that being a, a big help too is almost like more social clubs and certainly there are people who do this like Outpost Club and Friars Club and even like Sugarloaf mm-hmm. Social Guys and um, but yeah just maybe like formalizing that just like within cities I'm sure these exist but mm-hmm. there's no one really like beating down our door decoupling to, to them do this. from a physical yeah. location yeah exactly. and just getting groups that like get people playing regularly and and have a sense of Community, I think, like you said.
0: Yeah, I think some of the questions stem from um, some criticism for Zach, I guess, for making the Buck Club a private club. But I think that the, uh, the term private club can be misconstrued a bit. Like, private doesn't mean Augusta National level of can't get on. Like, there's golf clubs that you can write letters to and go play on a company. They want to know like who you are before you come and you'll pay a decent price. But like, that's exactly what you do in Scotland. I mean, it's the model isn't fully the same way, but. There are a lot of places where you can, you know, write the club and either a member will take you out and, and you can play. And I know that there's a different sense of feeling like you belong or feeling like you're welcome somewhere at a lot of places. But I would be shocked if like the Buck Club was a walled off place that nobody will ever see or, or experience if you really, truly want to. I don't Again, but if you're building like a, a golf course, the there's a there's a somewhat of a model for, you know, with the band in Dunes, with the Sand Valley, with a stream song for building like these public resorts, but all of those things have something in common. They all have multiple golf courses. They all right. have like made this like a critical mass. Yes. Yeah. You don't pop in for the day. Exactly. Yeah. And that's not kind of what he envisioned with the buck club. And if yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to add, necessarily advocate for it, but just trying to say like, Listen, this is not a perfect world. Like, could we make it? I would love for it to all be public, and we could pay fifty dollars, and everyone could go play it. But it's not a it's not a cheap thing to to maintain. This is going to be an part expensive of it too. Project. Is like he's
2: he just doesn't know what it's going to look like, yeah. Until until he figures out the financing and all that stuff. So it's you know it's in flux. I don't think he wants to you know nail down anything, and then people come back at him if it changes later on, right?
0: Know? And this question kind of leads to this question too. From Jeremy White, he said, "How how often do you play public slash muni courses?" Strapped was awesome, especially because it involved courses people would actually play without a second mortgage. Once Jack's Beach is done, we'll play like <laughs> yeah. a lot of muni yeah, golf. That's no the thing about Jacksonville is you know people reach out to us all the time like, "Hey, I'm going to be in town. Like, where should we play?" And like, we, I don't feel like comfortable recommending a public course here. Like, yeah, you
1: got to drive quite a bit. I mean, yeah. Tron and I, you know, I know when you first moved here, we played Jack's Beach all the time and you know, not now that that's, that's been closed for shit. I mean, since January. Yeah. Almost, almost a year now. And uh I was thinking about that the other day. And I mean, um, it's not lost on me that like, I'm, I'm fortunate that we travel quite a bit and play a bit on the road, but man, I was thinking about like where I play when I'm at home and it's like, I kind of just don't yeah. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a lot similar, of time.
2: But I mean, really to your point, we used to go out Two or three times a week, and go yeah, play the nine, nine holes yeah. or twelve holes out there, and in you know an hour and a half, and just fly around. I would say uh, I used to play a lot at at Hyde Park. Yeah, when I yeah, gosh, we was really, there. Like well. I lived in Boston, I didn't belong anywhere. I you know played played all, all over the place up there. There's a I mean shit, you can walk walk out your front door and stumble upon a Donald Ross within twenty miles. But yeah, I mean I, I think it's it's one of those things too. I like when I go somewhere, I like to see the full spectrum of public golf and private golf. I, I think, you know, Sally and I obviously play a, a certain role in <laughs> strapped, um, you know, but, which, you know, really, I think we're probably just as big a proponents of, of definitely of public golf as, yeah, I hope that that was, <laughs> that that was a
1: gag. Uh,
0: you know, I don't know, whatever. And
2: we're happy to keep playing that role as long as people like,
0: yeah, when the, get it a little bit, but people, you know, say about maybe we are golf hipsters which is fine but like like sweeten's cove being golf hipstery is like no like we're trying to say this is like a unicorn in the golf world talking about for as much shit as we get for playing private golf like this is the public amazing cheap place that people don't really fully understand how great it is and we travel to it multiple times per year now to go visit and play it and hang out there and it's like this i'm not saying it's the model but like The idea of going and creating a place that's just nine holes that has amazing greens and building fun, weird golf shots around it is probably should be the model like for public municipal. And it
2: almost has a self-selecting clientele, right? Because you get people that come in from the local area that don't really understand it or that are just going out, not really about the golf, just going out. Trying to hit some balls and and, mm-hmm. and drink some beers, which is fine, but they're they don't see the value and the course and everything, and it's kind of lost on them, and they don't really come back. But it's it's like catnip for yeah. a golf enthusiast. I think the other place that kind of comes to mind is probably the closest approximation of the UK model in the states is is Pasitiempo. Mm-hmm. you know, which is I mean technically that's a private yeah. club, but they you know they hold a certain amount of you know basically you know help subsidize it with a certain amount of of tea times every day. It's not cheap. It's like 200,
0: $250, which but, is similar to Scotland. Yeah. Dornick probably costs right around that much. The old course costs a little more than that, which is, but yeah, I agree. That's, that's probably the best, the best comparison, um, to the model. And I, again, I don't, I've never seen the books of a private club or a public court. I don't know how the finances work. You can kind of figure out pretty quickly what, what courses have the higher cost and which get the most revenue and stuff like that. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a tough science in the market be in the maintenance costs being what they are in the US I think it's kind of the main driver would we agree with that probably yeah for sure
1: i mean i think that the only you know the only real like private courses you look at the number of private courses being built right now i think that probably illustrates how the model mm-hmm. is working in the US i mean more than anything i think you see a lot of like public courses going private because they've you know been trying to make it work and can't and so they're going to try to get you know their money from a smaller group of of passionate people but um yeah. I mean, it's, dude, it's, I, I don't think any of us are pretending to have all the answers, but I definitely don't think any of us have all the answers. I mean, I think we can speak to our experience here, but yeah, I can't imagine trying to make one of these places go right now because it's, it yeah. is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly tough.
2: I think the solution just lies in like making it easier for people to go play golf. And yeah. that, yeah. and that comes back to the munis is like, you know, typically if you live in a city, your closest, your closest clubs are going to be the super exclusive private club that has that mm-hmm. awesome real estate in the middle of the city or city owned munis, you know, and that's, and those are the ones that if, you know, if it was possible to go and play nine holes in in, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, like so many more people would go play and yeah. do that. If it didn't take three hours to play nine holes, you know?
0: Yeah. But just making, making like the munis, I think it was what they're doing with Jack's beach is like taking out some forced carries, like yeah. cutting down the time it would take to search for balls let people go hit the ball find it and get it in the hole and it doesn't have to be perfectly manicured but like ha- having that be the key basics to build around is what was the title of your golfers journal article tron i think it's it's the it's the, the, Mo- the muni stupid yeah, like yeah. just figure those out just make and you know it's cool to see the progress kind of with what happened with goat hill And what's happening here with Jack's Beach, Winter Park, Winter Park, like those, those kind of places are the ones. Bobby Jones in
2: Atlanta. They just redid that. It turned it like it was the most, probably the most dangerous, just not like dangerous, like crime, like dangerous, like you're going (laughs) to get hit by a ball course I've probably ever played. Um, Shout out to the old course. (laughs) And it, uh, they actually just turned it into a reversible nine hole course and like one of the only driving ranges in the city. Yeah.
0: No, There's know. definitely progress being made in a lot of places and we'll continue to celebrate that. And, uh, so yeah, to answer the question and we'll play a lot more public golf once the, once Jack's beach opens back up, which you, the reports are all that it's oh going to be God. pretty awesome. It's good.
1: I've been out there like probably four or five times and uh shout out to all the, you know, Thomas and Spencer and Sean and Steve and all those guys on the, the Jack's beach golf association. Um, but I also do think keeping it, you know, kind of in in perspective here that like, we got a, a bit of a unicorn situation too, and a, you know, a shout out to the the Jacks Beach City Council because there's not a lot of city councils, correct, willing to spend money on this kind of stuff either. So um, they had like some kind of funny concerns, which uh, <laughs> one wrote, of
2: which was that the course, if they built a too big of a putting green, that it was going to it would take, it away take away from Adventure from-
1: Landing. Which I know you guys are big into adventure landing. I yeah. haven't been yet. The oh, mini golf no, place down the street. Yes. Randy and I went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that sounds delightful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the golf course is—it's what you said. I mean, I think a lot of uh, what golf is just fighting, and I, I mean, it, it kind of feels like every conversation eventually meanders its way back to this. But just getting to the point where you know you're just you're just changing people's minds about you know, hard does not always equal good oh, or difficult, a doubt. I should say difficult does not equal good. And, you know, changing like that was some of the funny city council stuff was, you know, you had this architect Harrison Minchu come in and, and pitch the city council on like, hey, a couple of these holes are like fucking stupid. Not, yeah. My words, not his. Words. <laughs> uh, just to, hey, this is dumb to try to have, you know, most of your players are seniors and trying to have them hit 160 yard carry off a downslope to a raised green is like not a good idea. And the people in the city council are just kind of like, yeah, but you know, that hole's hard. Like that's, that's a good hole. We should leave that one alone. It's like, well, what are we, why are we talking? So anyways, to their, to their credit, they deferred to Harrison on all of these changes. But the point is like, yeah, just having somebody go out and play 18 holes and say, afterwards like hey was that fun or was that not fun right. it's so much better than like hey how hard was it did Without you get your dick punched in wasn't that sick it's like there's no a, there's a <laughs> like, difference God, between miserable
0: difficult and challenging yeah. Like, ch- yes. like the old exactly. course yeah, is challenging yeah, yeah. Sweden's Cove is challenging it's not difficult though like it's challenging and that there's a dividing line if you play well you can shoot a couple under par easily but if you you know are get too aggressive at some pins you can find yourself it'll double down on you rather quickly and 15 handicap can play the wide fairways and and all that stuff. So, uh, I agree with this, the model of like tight fairways and making a course really hard is what kind of has set golf back for a long time. And we're getting through to like figuring out that being able to find your tee shot is like very, very important (laughs) to enjoying. I just want
2: to give a shout out to the Jones family.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: so on, on that note, there was a question, uh, someone who simply goes by TD, uh, who says, unpopular question, and I love the place, but will Sweetens lose its charm now that it's becoming mainstream? I've been three times, love it, but will it become your local hipster startup brewery that blows up, becomes too popular, too crowded, too mainstream, and loses its charm? I would say, uh, while a valid valid question, and I think that that could happen you know, to a ton of different places, it's like physically impossible to happen yeah. at Sweet's Cove <laughs> because it is in the middle of nowhere. Like
2: and Rob's there. And, and, and for, yeah. And there's like this, just group of caretakers that kind of live in Huntsville and Chattanooga, and Nashville and Atlanta that like go in for the weekend, like Chico from Midtown <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, Mark Allen, like these guys are like, they're, they're hilarious characters, Alabama Trey. Like they don't, they, they won't suffer fools, but at the same time, like they're, they're keen to show you the place and what it's all about. And they kind of, kind of hold the spirit of the place. It's not just the course itself. It's the people that are, that are passionate about yeah, it. And too. I don't think
1: it, it, it there's a, a great deal of steps between, uh, you know, being like gritty, charming upstart and uh, you know, becoming lost in your own yeah. coolness. Being, I don't think it's at uh, any risk to be overrun. No. By I mean, if that
2: ropes. hasn't happened with winter park, like yeah, in the exactly. middle of a city and with, off channel down the street and all that stuff yeah. it's like it's 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 so far gone from no happening. if anything you,
1: and, you go yeah. to winter park now and you're like god this is cool like there's people around yeah. and like this is we're all kind of on the same page yeah. and you know maybe i can meet some new friends here you know it's it's more of that kind of vibe than just over i mean then, they, hey, does the old course like lose its cool because yeah. it's
0: so popular like no and
2: then it if it, you know let's say God forbid that that does happen. Like, man, the game must be in a really, really, really good place.
0: Because when that happens. Well, this all
1: speaks to Randy's shrink the game theory that really we don't need to be growing the game. We need to be shrinking the game so that we have like we need to have the game just big enough to where courses stay open. Yes. But not too big so that we never have to wait on groups. (laughs) We'll let him talk about that theory at a future podcast
0: um i cut i'm oh, sorry i don't know the name of this this question we got which was i think uh, i think we all know you've gotten to play some insanely good golf courses in last year but what course do you most want to play that you haven't ever played before i think mine's cyprus yeah and i think that's the first one I've, like alistair mckenzie on the sea uh with just all of the i think there's a lot to that course i honestly don't know a ton about it but from everyone that ever played it and everything i've ever read about it is like like this is where it's at. Like this is the center of the maze. This is probably the one I know Augusta was probably a quick answer for some people. Uh, I doubt it would be for this room, but uh, <laughs> as I see some disgusted faces <laughs> across from me, but uh, Cyprus would be would be probably number one for me.
2: Go ahead, DJ. Um, I,
1: well, no, I'm so I was going to say Cypress. So you that's okay. You, yeah, I mean that's that's would be up there for me for sure. Um, I mean, there's National and Fisher's and. Um Pine Valley, obviously. Like, I mean, I think you can kind of throw a dart at the yeah. the top ten for for me, for sure. I haven't played um, you know, a ton of super 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 elite golf courses, so I think probably a lot of the usual usual suspects for me. I'm trying to come up with something a little more off the grid. I'm gonna
2: say uh Sand Hills.
0: Oof, Ooh, got gosh. that one. I just, I feel that like it's the just off the grid when yeah, you at it. Just kind
2: of ones. the golf experience too, more than
1: you
0: know, yeah. Those images of that, how remote that course is, like the aerial images for that, are pretty incredible.
1: I'm gonna go way, like way off the rankings grid, and just out of pure curiosity, you know what I really, really, really want to play is uh, blue jack in uh, the big Big Cat National, the Big Cat (laughs) (laughs) National. Just uh, not because I think it's like you know God's gift to to golf, but I want to. I've never played any of the Cats courses. Is that the only one that's open at this point?
2: Yeah, the next one will be the one at the. And There's the, Ozarks, the one in right?
1: Ozarks, There's one in Mexico, right? I, I don't know if that one ever got off the ground or opened. I think it did.
0: what are the ones supposed to have the information. Yeah. Here, I, don't, I don't know. That was like uh, Diamante or whatever.
1: Yeah. I, I think that, um, I don't know. I just think that'd be super interesting to see what the, what the cat brings to, to design. And, uh, it's supposed to be kind of like an Augusta, Augusta light with like all the vibes, uh, which sounds like something I would be interested in. Uh, say, so yeah, I don't know. That's very very off the grid yeah, answer, no, like but I'll, I'll throw it out there as out of pure curiosity.
2: I also on the public front, I really want to go play La Sonia. Yeah, for up sure. In, up in Wisconsin, I've never been there, and dying to go. It looks just wild.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch, and you know, a, a perpetual shout out to Andy Johnson, the fried egg, but he does a great job of uncovering a lot of stuff that are you know a lot of thirty dollars courses that rocket to the top of my list. La Sonia, definitely, uh, mm-hmm. definitely chief among them.
0: Uh, car for the course asks, and I think this one's for DJ. Any chance you'd be interested in sending strapped to Alaska next summer? I'd host a round or two. Uh, strapped is kind of a success. I think it's safe to say. No,
1: it's, it's people were, were into it. It's great because we already have another one shot. So I'm glad that it wasn't, uh, people just ripping it to shreds. Shout out to Kessler. Uh, but yes, short answer. Yes. Uh, long answer. I don't think next summer. I literally, when we came up with this idea, uh i forget, we picked iowa just like totally randomly and and i forget where we're oh we were talking about the university of iowa course finkbine which i played like a million years ago and i was like oh that course is great rain like i've never been to iowa it's like sweet we're let's go to iowa for the first one um but that's a long way of saying that the next thing we thought of was like we should do this in alaska that would be the best and the more we thought about it the more we're like all right we need to like that needs to be an event. We need to like build up to Alaska, and so I want to get a couple more under our belt. Uh, we've got a couple more ideas on on where we want to where we want to go. We shot the the second one up in the Northeast, um, which is I guess I'm painting the big part of the country with a pretty broad stroke. But uh, that's good. Keep it vague. Yeah, we'll keep guessing. it vague. But Alaska is. I mean, that would be, I would go tomorrow if I could. Although that
2: hey, would, you know, you got to talk to us about the budget, man. For yeah. sure. Well, that's certainly true. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. You know, I'm a little bit worried about your carbon footprint too. Getting up for
1: there. sure. Yeah, that's valid. That's valid. Definitely. Um, maybe you can go plant some trees. Maybe sl- we can <laughs> dog <laughs> sledge maybe would uh, help ease that. I, I don't know. We'll 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 get creative there.
0: Uh, Philip Johnson asks, the next tour, uh, tourist sauce travel location ideas. We're going to keep them a little close to the chest. I think we know where we're going for 3 and 4. Can we um, can we say domestic? Domestic. Domestic three for domestic.
2: 3, international for 4. <laughs> and the uh,
0: carbon footprint's
1: going to be hot and heavy. Yeah. We're in <laughs> for number 3.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh we uh it will be yeah, domestic and we'll have hopefully 3 and 4 shot by the beginning of May, uh obviously next year. So, got some good locations. Season 5, we're we're kind of Uh, we're figuring out what we're going to do with this series. I mean, every season we want to be very different. Um, Hopefully you guys feel the same about season two being very different than season one. Uh, We're still definitely learning how to do this. Uh, We have a lot to continue to learn, but uh, really excited about one season two that we're currently working on. uh, What we have planned for three and four and then, yeah. I and mean
2: 5 might just be off the wall. But yeah, we
0: may like really go for it in 5. M
1: A R S. Mars. <laughs> Mars bitches. bitches.
0: Uh so yeah, it's uh we're hoping that it continues success. Appreciate everybody's support and if you haven't had a chance to go watch it on YouTube, please do. Um There's
1: a, there's also a refuge uh a refuge thread. Yes. We, we should give a quick plug to the refuge because there's a, a very Vibrant uh, community of people on there, but it's not so, big by any means. It's kind of the Sweetens Cove of yes. of golf vibrant, message boards,
2: curated.
1: It's a yeah. vocal, yet somewhat yeah. raw. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, the Refuge is our message board attached to our website. If you're not familiar with it, and uh, it's if you're filled looking with for,
2: the refugees, yeah, if
0: you're looking for a way to pass time during your day, there's some excellent. It's kind of I I don't want to speak for everyone, but it's exactly what I had dreamed of with the, with yeah, the message Board. It's, it's, I think it's like, awesome. very good to check in daily to see what people are saying. And so thanks to everyone that's helped contribute to that and, and uh, bring it along. So we, we do read it a lot and we interact a lot on there. So please, uh, please check that but out.
1: Yeah. There's a thread on there about future locations. So if anybody has any, we absolutely uh, check the message board very frequently. So if anybody has ideas, like, you know, the, the golf world is only so big. So we've, I think probably scoured a lot of them, but there's always stuff that pops up on there that we had never thought of definitely, or that people that have predicted our plans down to the letter. Yes. <laughs> well. Like, okay. Well, of, this is where they're going for four. Yeah, is, so we there's know There's a that. lot of those. Oh, okay. Well,
0: so. it's, we're not trying to necessarily keep it a surprise, but until you shoot it, like you just want, that's, you never say, Oh yeah, we're having this person on the podcast until it's recorded. Cause it always gets canceled.
1: What's the worst one that got canceled?
0: Um, can you air people out or not? Yeah. I mean like Reed has committed like several <laughs> times and it has not worked out. Um, there's someone it which i really
2: uncharacteristic. <laughs>
0: There's been some of that's committed since last July that hasn't been able, two people have been committed since last July, and every time I ask, it just keeps getting pushed a little further down the road, so, um, and yeah, it's, it's a challenge, it's quite a challenge, which one of the questions is, from Wes Canist- Canistrari, will Ricky Fowler ever be featured as a guest? Probably not.
2: I think we can unequivocally say no, <laughs> um, and, and that's really nothing against Ricky. No, not, no, at, not all. at all. Not at all. Despite Randy's protestations, yeah.
0: <laughs> we have definitely, well, all I'll say is, we've definitely made several attempts and uh, we have not gotten close to making it happen, even though I maintain a good relationship with Mr. Fowler. So, uh, another good question we got from John Figo Flynn fantastic name. Would you swap your interesting slash cool golf-related jobs to be a pro on the web.com or Euro Challenge Tour, knowing the dedication, sacrifice, travel, and very small likelihood of serious success? It's a good question.
2: So you're basically giving me status for the year...
0: Well, it's kind of like With you my are my current a good, skill set. I, think <laughs> nah, I don't think of that it's kind of who. <laughs> Although that would be sweet as well. I don't want to say a middling tour pro, but like, where where is the line? I guess is the question of if you were this person's career, you'd trade like what we do for their career, if that makes sense. Like, would you trade your career for Ty Tryon? Probably not. But like, like,
2: would I trade my career for like Steve Wheatcroft?
0: Basically, that's kind of the question.
1: Um, I don't know. That's right? like. I would say for me, it's, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Uh, just because I mentally, I know I would just, I would completely collapse in all the biggest moments and (laughs) you don't really have to worry about that in this job. Uh, which is nice. You have, you have a nice little, like this is
0: equivalent to the biggest moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like me not remembering, uh, like the name of Tiger's golf course a minute ago which we edited out or maybe left it in or whatever <laughs> uh like that's that's the equivalent of just like three putting the last hole to miss the cut Correct. in this job which is not a big deal right. so that's that's very nice the pressure is very different. I just I know that like you could give me a great skill set and I would Find a way to like screw it up. So I think I'm with with you. That's of no interest to me. I'm trying to
0: balance that with. I also have no
1: killer instinct. Like Like one good week. If someone's better than me at golf, I'm like, oh, cool. All right.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Maybe let's assume the question kind of guarantees you at least some success in golf, and it's but like, and you you know some guys don't make a ton of money. So that
2: means you had a moderately successful college career, for sure, at the least, kind of. Yeah,
0: I think so. But you also just kind of look and see. Oh yeah, like that guy like I just like finished T20 and like on the PGA tour and he made more than I'll make this year. It's kind of kind of it's like, pretty yeah, you know different. what? It might yeah. be worth all the travel and sacrifice. Well they, well, they
1: did say it's a very low chance of success. So maybe you make it work. Yeah. You maybe. know, maybe. And, and obviously there's something to, like, this is not, uh, the, this is the furthest thing from us begrudging anybody who does just like grind out a career on these tours for a long time because like, it's awesome that people can do that. But, uh, a, I think, like, the the travel would be, like, we travel f- enough to where I'm like, oh, my God, like, the last thing I want to do right now is get on an airplane. I can't imagine traveling three times more than we do now. Like, that seems awful.
0: And consecutively. Consecutively, like like, yeah.
2: yeah. 16 weeks in a row on the web tour. Yeah, three.
1: I mean, I think that if you're, I think a lot of guys have started to kind of figure out a little bit of the balance where it's like, okay, let's you know, bring my wife along to caddy or let's figure out, you know, weeks I can take off or weeks. We can road trip or weeks we can do whatever. But yeah, I mean, for a lot, like I, I, let me say it this way. I think if you were a 23 year old, like single guy and you were going to do this for like three years, I think it would be for sure. The best. Yeah. You learn a shitload about yourself, but as like an old dumpy, like 30 year old married guy. Like, no, I just like want to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the last thing I want to do.
0: And I want to iterate, reiterate, I guess, how much we respect the guys that do grind it out. And like, yeah. that that's the kind of thing, like seeing how hard it is. And I think, I forget where we were. I think it was maybe Philly this year where, where we were talking. it was like, man, imagine, no, it couldn't have been Philly. There's no cut there. But imagine we were like at an event. We we're like, imagine oh, what, my God. Like, getting yes. there, getting your family there, getting to the hotel, like paying, a couple thousand for like two hotel rooms, maybe for you and your family. And like you get there and you your coach is there that week. Two practice rounds, your pro-am. You're paying a caddy and then like you go out and miss the cut. No, you go out and you like... Make a quad on the first hole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like
1: what I always think about. Like, like imagine if you like now? you go out and you triple the first hole. It's like, okay, cool. I guess I lost this week. Yeah. Well,
2: and imagine. Yeah, I think this is an important distinction on this question in particular. As they say again, the, that's probably the not Euro their mental challenge process. Tour that's my like, mental process. Can you imagine playing on the Euro Challenge Tour and going to, you know, from from wherever they play the week before to Kazakhstan? Yeah, and playing like shit the first. <laughs> few holes and being like, yeah, man, like I'm in Kazakhstan for the next two days. And then I got to figure out how I'm going to get to Hong Kong or.
0: And then Kenya. Yeah. yeah. No, that's I agree with kind of the age thing. If you're fresh out of school and willing to kind of put in the work and having, you know, at least like that possibility of future success, that's definitely, definitely worth it.
1: And it's it's awesome. And I I guess like this is maybe a, a better way to say what I've been trying to say. It's like it's cool to see the guys who do have the exact opposite mental approach Mm -hmm. to what I'm describing because you look at like, I know he's a buddy of ours, but you look at someone like Justin Huber who wasn't like a highly recruited college player. He wasn't, you know, like a, a standout in college and decided to turn pro didn't have great years early going and then has just kept like fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And now like he's super close. Yeah. He was really close last year to getting his tour card. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like those kinds of stories. I'm like, that's, Awesome. Right. I could not do that. That's like, why I love I the would, web tour. Yeah. I would give up.
2: It's the margin, you know, yeah. it's those guys that like it, like, I, I don't know, like watching the CJ Cup, you know, it's no cut and the last place guy makes almost 20 grand and he gets his basically his expenses paid for, like versus, you know, on, say, even the web tour championship, you miss the cut and you're, you know, you, you still have your card for next year, but it's like back to the drawing board. All right. I know I have, I know I got to play. Twenty-five events next year on the web tour, and yeah, probably look at a close to a hundred thousand dollars in expenses.
0: Yeah, related yeah. to that question, I cut the name off of this one again. Sorry when I copy pasted it, but if he, you could have, he wrote these questions. If you could have any job in professional golf, what would it be and why? Outside of media, being a tour pro, anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Outside so, of that,
0: oh, anything. It could be like, yeah. if you had a job in professional golf, what would it be if you could have one? I pro- think I uh, infomercial for the perfect club. <laughs> the perfect
1: club. <laughs> Uh, I think I would really, I'm sure that there are caddies that listen to this that are going to roll their eyes, but I think I would like to caddy for probably not very long, just going back to all of the reasons I just yeah. laid out, like their travels, sca- like, it, gosh, imagine, you know, talking about like a, uh, kind of middling tour, like touring professional and how hard they have it. Like the caddies are six times worse, Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I know a lot of guys get stipends and stuff, but at least back in the day too just like yeah if your guy plays well like you don't get paid either like how you have no control over this really but like you might not get paid uh, but Imagine anyways trying to
0: budget for like the next year when you yeah like, All right, well it depends on how well my guy hits the ball in the hole yeah it's the, like the, the
1: ultimate like nomad kind of lifestyle which is which is pretty cool I think I would I would want to do that for, for a little while I think that would just be fun to again, kind of be in the circus and be in the competition without really having uh, my weak mental game to, to have to be to blame for everything. Although certainly, uh, Tron, you, you've proven that you can affect the outcome of professional (laughs) golf tournaments as a caddy as well.
2: Yeah. No, you certainly can.
0: I guess it's the question who has the best job in golf. Like does Jim Nance have the best job in golf for what he gets? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: I I mean like on paper, but, yeah, like, but then like I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah.
2: Then you think about you're like, all right, I'm not mentally tough. Like getting just roasted every week. <laughs> yeah. <I'm,
1: laughs> yeah. For sure. That's that's what I mean. I, yeah. I, that's what the money's In the big for. Yeah, that is what that. the money's for. I would for get
0: sure. roasted for announcing for like several million dollars. A year, I would I, think. I would trade places with like Bill Cor
2: or Tom, Tom or uh, Gil Hance or Tom Doke. Yeah. Like, that's like, true. I, that's I feel one. like because I feel like then you get you get to live you know, I know it's not an easy job and I know it, you know, I mean, probably one of the harder jobs on the planet. You have all these stakeholders and the travel's crazy, but I feel like somebody that I can't does it right where he goes and lives there. He brings his wife with him. You know, he's, his, his kids are older now and you know, he really gets to immerse yourself in the local kind of, you know, culture. And, and I think that's, there's something to be said for that. It's cool.
1: And you can kind of inject as much art into it as well. Right. It's, it's not necessarily, exactly. you know, the same thing every time each, each piece of land is different. And
2: yeah, it's a good answer. And you're moderately famous, but like in certain yeah, circles, you can, but you're, you yeah. can
1: drop into a complete anonymity exactly. whenever you yeah. want. Yeah that's, yeah. that's a good point.
0: I try to think, I try to look at this question from like, what are the negatives of this job? I think like for Nance's job, it's like you work all the weekends, all the golf weekends and you're away from your family, like a lot. But it's not the same grind as being like a PGA Tour player, like trading like lives with Rory or Speeth or something like with all the sponsor obligations. And I get like they make a shitload of money like would I do, what I trade the, our job for that. Yeah, like I would. But like it's also not that great at times. I would I like
1: <laughs> I would like to see uh, and this is maybe a bad idea to say out loud because there's probably a million pieces out there like this. Um, and so I really don't care cause I haven't looked them up, but I would like to see, uh, what Nance's like two like Monday to Friday looks yeah. like on a week that he's calling golf on Saturday, Sunday, because I know we rip on CBS plenty, but I have no doubt that he is grinding, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent yeah, on those days. I'm curious what it is for, yeah. for him, Nance
2: or Hicks or whomever is like, they do other sports too. For sure. You know, so yeah. that, that's, I think that's the thing with Nance is like, all right, he does NFL Tirico, and he does so, college yeah. basketball and
1: you know, that's what I mean. Like there's like, we have in three weeks of, you know, kind of like being very laissez faire about professional golf. Like, I feel like I'm completely out of, out of touch with what's going on. Like, imagine prepping for the Super Bowl, and then trying to come back yeah. in the next week and doing, you know, whatever. Speak for yourself, I was
2: like, dialed into the Sanderson Farm. I, I did catch the
1: the back nine of the Sanderson was was invigorating. That's what the X couple do to you. It was awesome though. Yeah, but that's but like because your
0: guy won. It, well, well, it no, meant even if he didn't win, it, it
1: meant you know it was awesome. Well, lowercase A, awesome. uh, <laughs> Watching like someone like DJ treyhand yeah, being like, Holy shit, like DJ Trahan looks kinda like jacked and like this is wild. Like this is the same guy that you know we've been seeing pop up on, you know, every twenty-fifth leaderboard uh for the last like fifteen years. Like this dude's still still grinding it out and he's going again. He's playing in the same group as, you know, freak show King Cameron too. Champ, who's just hitting it. 200 yards past everybody and you know that was awesome it was fun to watch oh it was, Look, there so, was know, so many I'm preaching the bar yeah <laughs> um I, so i forget but the I Fred think X cup is a big part of it and missed. i don't know if we've ever have we talked about the fredx cup on this podcast no we have not uh well you go, go ahead no, uh, Well, so the, i missed the i was i true. was
0: flying to paris and i missed the draft and you guys gave me all the good players
1: so the season-long race for the Fred X cup f-r-e-d-e-x-c-u-p uh, shout out to Freddie Mitchell. Well, shout out to all the Freds. It's yeah. kind of in general, Fred, Fred Smooth. I think it started with, uh, Tron's young son, uh, Freddie Schuster, but, uh, yeah, we, we've just kind of decided to dedicate it to all the Freds at this point. Um, and we each drafted teams of six from the web.com tour graduates list. And basically we're looking at ourselves and kind of like, okay, how do we A, uh, showcase like what someone's career path is like when they leave the web tour, like how do we follow that a little more closely and, and be a little more keyed in on that. And then also like, how do we make Shriners interesting or why, like, why do we care about
2: why is John Deere considered a major?
1: Yeah. And it's like, how do we kind of like get ourselves pumped up for these events? Because, you know, if we don't think they're important, then really doesn't seem like anybody kind of does. So uh, so yeah, so we each drafted teams of six, uh, the stakes I believe are the winning team. This is all aggregate money, uh, at the end of the year, the winning team, uh, NLU is going to magnanimously pay for a pizza party for the winning captain. And of course the winning players are, are involved. I've, I've made pretty good contact with most of my players. Cam champ, uh, you have not responded to any of my tweets. <laughs> so if you're listening, uh, get in touch. I would like to see you get first pick of toppings after, uh, after grabbing the first wow, win and
0: celebrating already.
1: First win in the history of the Fred X Cup, uh, and yeah, so that was kind of what the winner gets. And I think the, the loser has to take the Wonder League test. Was that it? <laughs> With and, results published, publish public. the results. Uh, so I guess that's something <laughs> that's going to happen too. And, and then there's going
2: to be cup. a mid-season. Uh,
1: yeah, a couple of mid-season fun yeah, fun bonuses. points. Yeah, uh, one ad drop, I believe, before the Masters. Was that right? And then uh yeah, a couple of bonuses worked Anyways, there's a whole podcast about it. Go if check you, it
0: out. If you're listening to this mailbag podcast, you you're you're trying to kill some time in the offseason. So go listen to that one yeah. on the trap draw. But
1: legitimately it made it maybe part of it's just kind of like creating your own reality here and just assigning assigning meaning and reality to uh whatever you want. But that made the it's the same as gambling or the same yeah. as whatever. I mean, it's just it makes it so much more fun when you're like, oh shit! Like I'm, I'm really like people were tweeting after we posted that podcast. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I've never even heard of Max Homa, and now I'm like listening to the podcast, and I heard him on the Fred X Cup, and I'm like, really riding for him to make the cut. This <laughs> I'm
2: pulling week. up shot tracker yeah, on yeah. Friday afternoon.
1: Yeah, but it is, it's fun. So I don't know. Make some bet with your friends, or or get involved in the refuge. There's yeah. a, a Fred X Cup thread on the refuge as well.
0: All right, guys, we're going to cut it at that for part one. Stay tuned for part two next week. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you then. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, yes! yeah, I mean, that's
1: better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! expect any